you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. It is your boy, Mr. Brandon Elliott. Guys, you are definitely going to want to check out this episode. Very excited to have the man, the myth, the legend, some East Coast love from Philly. Uh, Douglas, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Just uh, making it happen. You know, living my dream. Yeah. One day at a time. Happy to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you, bro. So, um, So you are... You jumped into the game 2011. You're 32 years old now, young cat, and you got 32 units. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. All right. So how the hell did you do it? I'm just kidding. Uh, so before <laughs> you jump, so before you jump in and give all the gold onto it, uh, yeah. let the listeners know like who you are, um, you know what you do, and and get them a little bit more familiar with you know who you are as a person. All right. Cool. Yeah. My name's uh, Douglas Dept currently living in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And um, I started, you know, getting interested in real estate back when I was about 16, 17 or so. Uh, you know, I do a lot of book reading and so forth and studying millionaires. And I realized that the commonality has been real estate. So uh, with my studying and investing in, um, I actually invested in the Donald Trump uh, course years and years ago. I'm not a supporter, but <laughs> anyway, I dropped, I dropped, you know, $3,000 on the course on education because I saw that that was very important. How and, was that uh, education? Uh, the education was very high level, but it did pique my interest and got me started on the path, kind of going down the rabbit hole and figuring it out and just yeah. studying, studying the millionaires and then just taking that, that first step into, you know, just reading more books, more books and just really being engulfed in it. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of audio books, a lot of, yeah. That's good. You know, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think a lot of us actually do exactly that. You know, maybe it wasn't the right time, uh, you know, when you Mm -hmm. actually jumped into that program, but it still sparked some interest. And I I did exactly, uh, you know, different program, but Mm -hmm. it was $3,000. I went to, you know, a seminar. I got, I got uh, pitched on some upsell that, yeah, yeah. you know, they made me feel like if I didn't run to the back of the room and sign this before everybody <laughs> else, you know, I, I was missing yeah. out. So yep, um, yep. I didn't actually take action on that. And, mm-hmm. and it pissed me off. <laughs> but, yeah. but it did spark the interest. And eventually, you know, a few years later, I started doing some more self education. And like you said, the right. books, the podcast, you know, um, mm-hmm. YouTube, and, and that's what kind of really brought it up. So um, yeah, so, so, so what other education, you know, how long were you doing that, that self-education before you actually, you know, took action? Uh, I would say I was probably doing the self-education um, probably for about three years or so. Okay. Before, because I always knew I wanted to buy a house because early, you know, early on in my, in my life, uh, we would always go look at houses, open houses with my parents and family. It's just a thing to do on, on Sundays. Okay. And I always knew that, hey, I wanted to buy a house, just didn't know quite when. Then went through an education while I was in college. Um, I rented for a year and I just realized, you know what? I don't want to rent. I don't want to pay anyone any money uh, yeah. just to live. So then, therefore, a year later, you know, I bought my first house. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. 
So uh, what did that, that first deal look like? I mean, you had yeah. no money into it, right? You had, uh, you know, you just jumped into it right away, right? And yeah, it was yeah. Home so, run, million dollar deal? <laughs> of course, of course, multi-million dollars. No, <laughs> no so, so with the first one, um, it was back when Obama was giving the, uh, the $8,000 uh, tax credit back. Yeah. It was my, my first house, so it was uh, new construction, about a quarter million dollars four bedroom townhome, three and a half bath home. And um, I moved in with my girlfriend at the time. So uh, I only had to put down, I think three and a half percent. So you, did owner occupied, you got a owner occupied uh, loan. Exactly. So owner occupied uh, FHA loan. Okay. And what was interesting with that was the fact that it had four bedrooms and I, you know, I lived up in the master bedroom and, you know, I had the soaking tub, the, the shower, the balcony, walking closet, all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah, but uh, it was just it was just way too much space for for just me and uh, the person I was dating at the time. So I said, you know what, um, with all these extra rooms, why don't we rent you know some of the rooms out? Yeah. So so my girlfriend at the time she said, you know, she kind of put some limitations on me. She said, you know what, uh, I don't want a young uh, lady you know living in the place. I said, okay, you know that's understandable. You know I don't want a, a guy our age living at the place. I said, okay. Then she said, you know I don't want a creepy old man living in the place either. So my hands are pretty much tied behind my <laughs> back. So I was like, all right, well, who does that leave? So you got and old ladies galore all in, all in your place. <laughs> so, what, so yeah, basically, so what happened was the basement, um, I, I rented it out to a retired grandmother. Okay. About $700 a month. Okay. Then, you know, as I'm getting those ca- that cash money in my hand every single month, I say, you know what? A light bulb just went off. Like, man, this is pretty easy. Yeah. You know, this lady just gave me $700, covered about half of my mortgage note just for providing her with a roof over her head, some electricity, place where she can shower and eat. So then, you know, one morning I said, you know what, why don't we go ahead and um, rent out these other two rooms that we have? Okay. And then she basically said, you know what, I don't want to rent any more rooms of this house whatsoever. And keep in mind, I own the house. So I was just like, I was thinking. And, you know, after all the books I was reading, the mindsets and so forth. So one morning I woke up and said, hey, do you want to be rich or do you want to be poor? That's right. She said, she said, hey, you know what? I'm okay being poor. So then I say, you know what? This is not going to work out. Simply, it's just not going to work out. So, <laughs> I love so, it, bro. That's good. That's good. You got to let them go. If they don't have that right mindset, you know, what, right. what else can you do? Yeah, yeah. Because I knew that I didn't want to be slaving behind the desk at Bank of America working the long hours, you know, just to make $50,000 a year. Yeah. So, you know, nothing wrong with that for people that do, but that just wasn't the life that I wanted to, to live. Of course. So, uh, so we basically broke up shortly after that, and I rented out the other two rooms. They're smaller units, so I think it was about like six fifty for one of the rooms, another six fifty. So now I got six fifty, six fifty plus the seven hundred coming in, and then, you know, about a couple months later, I got the brilliant idea. I say, you know what? I'm living in this master bedroom. I'm twenty something years old, early twenties. You know, I really don't need a balcony, soaking tub, you know, shower, all that good stuff. You know, it was cool. Well, last, but I say, you know what? I bet you I can get another seven hundred fifty dollars coming in, and if I uh, rent out the master bedroom. Yeah. So what I did, I took my king bed from the master bedroom and I put it down into my two car garage, and I actually lived in my garage for two years while just cash flowing from the you know the other four uh, rooms in the in the building. So what I was then able to do was basically save about. 100% of my take-home pay from Bank of America, pay off my mortgage note, and then just live off the rest. And that basically kind of jump-started um, my real estate investing career. 
I love that. I love that. Yeah. I definitely want to dive a little bit into that and, you know, figure yeah. out, um, you know, how that was with living with all the other tenants and were they a pain in the ass or, or not. But, um, but before that, you know, jumping into this situation, how did, let me try to think how to say this. Um, yeah. you know, when, when you were actually, when, when your girlfriend left and, and you were, um, deciding to, to make these moves, um, mm-hmm. actually screw that. So with, <laughs> with, uh, with this program that you had, it, it's only for, um, it, it's only for owner occupied. So for investor purposes, right. just to clarify, like people can actually, mm-hmm. if, if you're an investor and you're planning on not living there, that wouldn't work. But for in, in this situation, for any listeners out there, mm-hmm. this is like one of the best strategies to take advantage of just getting started because you know you don't have um you know there's definitely tax benefits if you sell it in two years as well as you know cash flowing and and getting all those other rooms uh rented out so how was it actually dealing with all those other tenants uh to be honest with you i loved it because uh you know I'm, i'm an easygoing guy and the fact that you know um i i had these people just living in my house dishing out a lot of money at the time. And, mm. uh, so I could withstand a lot, you know, even if they played the music a little loud or okay. you know, if they didn't quite, you know, wipe up off the counter. Hey, I was, I was completely fine with it because I was just looking, I was just counting the dollars and saying, wow, these guys are coming more than my mortgage. I'm living for free. And, uh, it was actually a great, great group of guys that, uh, that lived there. You know, these okay. are guys that came from Vegas during the whole uh, bubble. So they moved over to Delaware cause the house is in Delaware. Uh, so he moved to Delaware and worked in the casino. Another guy was like an English teacher at a university of Delaware. So it was just, um, it was pretty smooth. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And at that time you were working at bank of America. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I was, uh, see, uh, no, I'm not there anymore. Yeah. That was back, uh, years ago. I, I gave him about five years of my life okay. as a senior financial analyst, you know, on the controller team, uh, risk strategies, just all back office stuff. But um, okay. I went to school for finance, but yeah. That's good. That's good. So as far as financing goes, should people focus on, you know, actually building up their financial intelligence and, and work on their budget and start saving up? Yeah, I definitely think that um, you, need to, you need to understand the numbers. You need to really understand the mindset, especially when it comes to, you know, dealing with real estate. Uh, me personally, I'm very frugal. So basically everything I, I do I either save it or invest it. And basically I'm only save it just to invest it. So it's not like I'm just saving up this hoard of money just for a rainy day. I'm saving yeah. it so that way I can put it toward another investment that is able to make me uh, more money and be able to produce. So that way I can live the lifestyle that I want to live. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk about some deals. I mean, you've done 32, you have 32 units now and mm-hmm. your, your main strategy is the burst strategy, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. So for those out there that don't know that, you know, that resonates with me because that's what I take advantage of as well for the most part. So that's when you buy a distressed property, you do a full remodel on this property. Um, Afterwards, once it's in that brand new condition, then you rent it out to a good qualified tenant. After that, you refinance the property and you, you take advantage of all that, that, uh, that income that, you know, you forced in it. Um, And then you get most or all of your money back, sometimes more, and then you can actually 
you know, just repeat that process. So, so with, with the deals that you've done, you know, let's talk about your worst one. Uh, the worst deal or like the the biggest learning curve for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So kind of when I first started out my career, I was buying up properties, putting either 10% down or 20% down. And really these properties are basically ready to go. So just, you know, put some, uh, some paint, no parts walls in the basement, get a tenant, rent it out. And, uh, you know, that was that. What I noticed was, you know, taking a step back, what I noticed was I was only able to do but so many deals a year because by the time I, you know, say a house is a hundred thousand, I got to put 20% up. So that's 20,000 plus closing costs, another 25 grand. So boom, 25 grand is out the account. If I did that again, you know, boom, 50 grand's out the account. Then I have to wait a long time for that cash to build back up to do mm-hmm. it again. So that was before you know I started utilizing the burst strategy. Okay. But um, but one deal that really was a was a learning experience was when I I paid basically twenty five thousand dollars cash for a property, and then another uh, eighty thousand dollars on the construction. And this was just a shell in North Philly, a couple blocks from Temple. And I mean, this, this, this was a huge project. I had no idea how it was even going to get done, but uh, long story short, the house was a complete gut. So we had to do everything between, you know, framing the whole back wall was off and we put the house together. But at the time, the contractor that I had, um, the project took two years to actually get completed. The longest ever, a lot of, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of uh, aggravation. Uh, you know, it was like, wow, I guess I just couldn't believe it, but Good thing I didn't have hard money or some type of loan tied to that because I probably would have just went under, you know, having almost over a hundred thousand dollars of cash, you know, out in the street. So yeah. what was the problem? With, like, how, how did that deal turn bad? Did you run the numbers wrong? And how did you actually fund that deal? Yeah, so I funded that deal with just cash that I had from okay. just, you know just saving up. Um, uh, I think I might even pulled some money out of my four hundred one k to get that deal done. And uh, I'm, I'm a big investor in the stock market. So I had a lot of money in Apple and Amazon. They kind of worked for me. So I yeah. pulled that, I pulled all that money out and I went in on this deal cash. Uh, bad mistake. I should have, you know, leveraged, of course. But yeah. hey, I had to do what I had to do. And I was entering into a new realm because I originally was supposed to flip this house. So the deal wasn't you know, necessarily a bad deal, but the fact that the contractor kind of held me up for two years was the, the worst part of the deal. Mm-hmm. So eventually I was able to complete the project. We didn't have to go to court or anything, but um, I completed the project. I took it to the bank and I got all my cash back. So, so, but during that whole two year period, I still wanted to buy houses, but my cash was basically depleted. So I had to find some other strategies uh, to get cash and still continue to buy properties. So you still didn't actually lose on this deal. Two years no, later, no. and you were able to refinance the the property and and get your money back. Yep, yep, yep. So the the property appraised, pulled out all the cash, and then you know the story continues. Okay. Now, was yep, that yep. help to the market? Like, was the market going up over the two years? Yeah, the market uh, went up slightly. Um, yeah. I was actually expecting the appraisal to be a little bit higher, but yeah. uh, I mean, it came in just right where I broke even. Good. So, I couldn't complain. And I think now the market probably went up about 20% since then. Good, good. And at that same time, it's like, thankfully you didn't lose anything, but at the same time you just gained so much knowledge on that whole experience. You know, you can do that again and do it maybe slightly different. Now with that contractor, did did you use 
the same contractor that whole time or did you have to let a couple go? No, this was the same contractor the whole time. And then he got me, you know, over the course of two years, I was about at, you know, 95% completion. But um, so then I just went ahead and, and knocked out the rest of that little 5%. And um, yeah, got it rented, Section 8, and then uh, went ahead and uh, took it to a local credit union to okay. get my money back. Nice. Yeah, I remember my first deal, I ended up going through five different contractors and it took wow. a little a little over a year. Wow. So wow. there's a lot of headaches. Sure. I, I should have took people to court, but um yeah. we kept it moving and I and I just took it as a lesson learned. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But but now I mean I'm thankful for that contractor because now I'm actually GCing my own projects and I know that I could basically take a complete shell, put it back together and uh, rent it out. So I learned each step of the construction phase just by being on site, observing you know, what takes place. And I learned what I like and don't like and kind of a little bit of how to manage the subs. So, you know, it was, it was definitely a positive experience, even though going through it, it was the worst experience of my life. Yeah, at that time. But you still yeah, got past this stuff. You know, right. I, I definitely, let's dig deep on, onto that because yeah. I love how you're, you're just an overall entrepreneur. You're just telling me you got, you started a couple other companies as well, which I love, right. you know, you recognize the opportunity and, uh, and you just started these different businesses. Right. Um, what motivated you to actually get your, your contractor's license? Was it because of that one situation? Yeah. So mainly that one situation, um, uh, motivated me to get my contract license because I like to be in control. So yeah. I like to be in control of the deadlines and stuff getting done. I like to see work get you know, taking place. So basically, I just, you know, read what I need to get a contractor's license. And it really is not that much, you know, 800 bucks for insurance, you know, go down to City Hall, register, and, um, and boom, you're, you know, you're a contractor. And just really, uh, I'm engulfed with the process. So if I hire someone, I want to be there learning exactly what it is that they do. So that way, if I ever have to get my hands dirty, I can basically do any and every job on the job site. So, I mean, if you follow my Instagram, you might see me doing plumbing one day, electrical, painting, um, you know, uh, refinishing floors, what have you, just because I want to be able to step in whenever necessary. Yeah. And not even just that, something that yeah. I, I leverage all, all of my stuff and I almost regret yeah. it because, um, because I've been taken advantage of because I'm not knowledgeable yeah. enough on certain situations. I always get a couple yeah. different estimates. Okay. Um, there you go. And that helps me tremendously. But at the same time, if if uh, if I was more knowledgeable and I got the education like you did, then yeah. and I actually got my hands dirty and, and got you know in there and did some of the work, then I would be knowledgeable in the aspect of understanding when somebody's ripping me off or what I could personally do it for right. instead of them if they're going to charge like right. on leg. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. Um, so let's jump into the other businesses. You know, you started, um, you started the contractors, you know, you, you have your own team of contractors, correct? Yeah. So I got, I, I have a small team and kind of also one of the reason, one of the good, uh, aspect to kind of share. So let's say for instance, I'm doing a, a full rehab and we have a budget. Like right now I'm doing apartment building. I bought the apartment building for 105,000. Um, and the construction budget is 110,000. Mm -hmm. Right. But um, me as a contractor, I can actually get it done for 65000 Yep. Now, basically, as I'm going through these draws, I'm paying myself over the course of the project, you know, 35, 40 grand just for this one project, this apartment building. 
So let's say we're all in at 210, let's just say 200 to keep the numbers, uh, you know, smooth. Yeah. But then when that building appraises, it'll appraise for say 300,000. Um, I'll take it to the bank, get the 80% out. So then, uh, I'll take on a long-term mortgage for around 240,000, basically put another 40 grand in my pocket yeah. just for this, just for this one project. For you to and, manage the project and make sure it comes out how you like. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm subbing out the work. My in-house guys are, you know, doing the work as, as needed. And, um, That's and then when I rent it, yeah. And then when I rent it out, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a nice situation. Yeah. I love that. that that's definitely uh that's a triple threat right there. Making real money. <laughs> yeah. 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 So now it's just like, you know, I want to buy up everything because I want to make money on the construction side. I'm going to make money uh, on the rentals. I'm going to make money on the cash out and basically walk away with a free building. Yeah. Now that's definitely, you know, you're definitely a true leader because if you can build teams like this and, and make it all happen and work properly, like that's what it's all about. So that, that's what's yeah. up. Highly commend you on that. Um, oh, thanks, man. You, you mentioned 80%. So your bank, when you refinance, they give you up to 80%? 80%, yep. Really? Okay. What bank is that? <laughs> uh, that's Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. yeah most of that I, I always find is about 70%. So that's what I always uh, get on my properties. But okay. I yeah. like 80. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. 80 works for me. Okay. Now that that's just locally? Yeah, that's locally. Um, however, I mean, there's some other funding, uh, I think nationally that will cover up to 80% or so. Yeah. I'm about to, about to try a new guy out that um, he, do, he does 80. Okay. Um, but a slightly higher interest rate, but it's for a 30-year fixed term. You know, I'll yeah. keep you posted on how, you know, how that works out. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that like one of my biggest tips that I, I'd like to give out there is find those small local banks because right. those are the ones that, you know, they want to work with you. You paint the vision into them, what you're doing with the neighborhood and exactly. what your goals are, what your plans are. You show them your track record a little bit and yep. they get, they want to, they want you as much as you want them. Um, Absolutely. Almost more. So that's, that's awesome that you found yeah. that situation. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So, so you never use bank of America, I'm guessing, right? They're no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. extremely high. <laughs> no, no, I don't have any mortgages with uh, Bank of America. But I mean, I got I got some mortgages with, you know, the big guys when I was starting out, you know, with the yeah. Wells Fargo, the TD Banks. Um, For uh, sure. Those, uh, yeah, but. Now, with your loans, um, do you have loans on all of your properties? Uh, I got two right now that are free and clear. So I'm just waiting on the, uh, the cash out. But yeah, basically loans on so, everything. So you put them in business? Um, business loans or is this just personal that they allow you uh no no they're not business loans yeah so yeah. once you get to 10 then they pretty much cap you out and then they they make you get business loans correct yeah correct however with this new lender um they'll let me do another 10 still in the business name but they'll they'll do a 30-year fixed um loan for me so oh, be, you know, low payments but they'll still cash me out at 80 percent so yeah, I'm looking forward to using now. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yep, keep me yep. keep me tuned in about that. That sounds good. Yep, I got you. No okay. problem. <laughs> so um, okay, well, let's dive into, you know, your best deal. You know, I already crushed you on the first one. So okay. I got you. Uh let's see. The best deal. Best deal. All right, yeah, there, there was one one pretty cool deal. So like during that whole time where I was going through the um the situation where I had all my cash, you know, out in the street, essentially. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I have, you know, people think I'm crazy, but I have like 40 credit cards. So over the course of, you That's know, my life, 
<laughs> yeah, so over the course of my lifetime, I've basically been accumulating credit cards, you know, calling every three months, asking for credit line increases and so forth. So when basically my cash was strapped, there was a property that I saw for sale out in Coatesville for like 26000 Yep. So what I did was, you know, I got a balance transfer check. Uh, you know, those things you get in the mail, 0% interest, 18 months. I, I said, you know what? I want to buy a house on the credit card. So the way to do that was I wrote the check out to myself, dropped it in my account, and the $26,000 was magically in my account. So then I went, to, went ahead, purchased the property. I only had to put like 10 grand worth of work into it. So I'm all in right around 35, 36. And then I took it to the bank. It appraised for 65. And um, I was able to pull out, say, about 50 grand. Mm -hmm. So I was able to get the house for free, you know, rented it out section eight. So I'm cash flowing, you no know, good numbers, I think 800 or so uh, a month. But what I did was I took that extra 15,000 and used that to purchase my uh, bed bug company, all the equipment that I needed, you know, the website, the logos and, and all that. So basically I got a free house and a business uh, all on the credit card. Oh man, I love it. Douglas, I am so, so <laughs> thankful that you brought this up because yeah. like you and I are, are way too much alike and I, I didn't even realize this, but cool. I, I take advantage of the same thing. And every time, like I get so many people that reach out to me and they bring up that they're interested in real estate. They just don't know how to get started. And I'm like, well, first you right. need to educate yourself. So spend some time reading some books or YouTube podcasts, stuff like this. But right. You know, go to your local RIA groups um, and check yeah. those out. You know, be a part of the community, get involved in it. But, but right. the two main things that I always tell them to do is to work on their savings because most people just aren't good at savings. You know, you're, on your right. first yeah, deals, you're going to have to, like, you're starting a business. So you're going to have to learn how to manage mm -hmm. money. So be frugal, right. understand how to manage money, but also build up your credit. Like you can take advantage of your credit so much. It's yeah. unbelievable. The, yep. the balance transfers are tremendously so, so huge. Instead of getting hard money loans out there, it's crazy. You know, yeah. it's 3% fee. Some, some cards now, they even waive the fee for you. Yeah, yeah. Barkley, Barkley card has a no fee uh, balance transfer card. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I used to be one of those people that were like skeptical about having too many cards. And then yeah. I started seeing the power of like, you know, you can you can still have a high credit score, take advantage of all the credit and have yep. like, like hundreds of cards. Like yes. I've seen I've yeah. seen people with stacks of cards. Nice. Best. nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 And, the, and the beautiful and the beautiful thing is, you know, you got 18 months to use that balance. So you yeah. could actually roll that into a couple of deals, depending how fast you're moving. Yeah. What's nice is when you do go to the bank to do the cash out refi, you pay off your card. And then 30 days later, you have another blank check, you know, ready to be utilized. Yeah. To and run the play again. And the credit card companies love you because, you know, you're actually paying it off, but they're they're waiting for you to slip up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, they're rolling the dice. Yeah, they're going to keep on, you know, increasing your credit line at, as much as possible so you can keep using it. But, yep. um, you know, you're doing it the smart way and I highly commend you for it. It's it's yeah. so funny to see that you and I are doing very, very similar things. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Very cool. Yep. So, um, cool. So, so you just mentioned you started the bed bunk company. Yes. You know, yes. how the hell did you get into that? Uh, so, you know, I get this call that, you know, no landlord wants to get, but um, one of my tenants that's 92 years old, uh, Section 8, she called and said, you know, she had actually, no, her uh, her granddaughter called and said, hey, I was at my grandmother's house. I went to go hug her. 
and she has all these bed bugs basically crawling all over her neck. Didn't even feel them. So I was like, you know, I felt bad. You know, I got, I do have a heart. So I said, all right, let me, let me see if I could help you guys out. Um, I know treatment's going to probably be pretty expensive, but let me, let me make some calls and see what we can do. So I called, you know, Terminex and Orkin and these guys. Uh, so they went to go look at the, look at the house. They saw the level of the infestation and uh, they wanted about $3,000 to treat the home. It's only about 1,500 square feet. They're charging about $2 a square foot to treat. Um, so I found another company um, for $1,800. I said, well, $1,800 is a lot better than three grand. So I had them go ahead and, uh, and do the job. So then when I was coming to pay, there's about an hour left of the treatment. One guy came and said, hey, come inside. Let me show you how this works. So he's telling me about the heaters, the tubes, the fans, because it's basically a, a heat treatment. So no pesticides, no chemicals whatsoever. Okay. So I'm just kind of just watching, you know, asking a lot of questions and just taking notes. And he's like, you know, I see, I, I see your wheels turning. You're thinking about making this into a business, aren't you? I say, you're darn right. You know, you just made $1,800 in six hours. Yeah. And it doesn't look like that complicated, you know, work. So... Uh, so I went ahead, did some more research and basically used that guy as my mentor. And I, I went ahead right around that time. I flipped that house to myself. You know, I put the money down to get the equipment, the, the vehicle and everything I needed. So that way now I can go out and, and you know, make a thousand to twenty five hundred dollars, you know, in a, in a short six to eight hour um, time frame. Just for helping, helping people get rid of their bed bugs. Yeah. So you're literally, you just created a business where, you know, you're employing people. You don't right. need to do the craziness, but you're employing other people, giving them a job, an opportunity uh, right. to, you know, to run pretty much, you know, you could be totally hands off and have them running, yeah. have a project manager just running it, build their own mm -hmm. teams. You can make a killing, do it, undercut people and right. solve all these problems that people are going through. Exactly. And, and it falls within, you know, me having this many units and so forth and just growing. Um, there's going to be a bed bug problem. You know, it's inevitable. Yeah. And hey, I got the resource. Like, for instance, we just did a job. Um, one of my tenants uh, in my one two bedroom apartment, he had bed bugs and we were able to offer him the service, you know, at a deep discount. So he's happy. I'm happy. You know, it's a win win for everybody. I love it, man. That's great. Yeah. I love I love the entrepreneur mindset of like, yeah. you know, recognizing the problem and then recognizing the opportunity and right. actually taking action on that. Exactly. So, you know, that that's a crazy win-win, you know, situation you just built right there. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, um so you mentioned section 8 a few different times. This mm -hmm. is something that, you know, I grew up on section 8, so I can Oh wow. That that's how I understand section 8, but okay. I know okay. uh, So I I'm blessed to, you know, have that as a background, but, um, I've never actually rented out to section eight. I've had a lot of okay. prospecting tenants that I've actually passed up because of that. Okay. Okay. Um, give me, give me some feedback, you know, like how, why did you choose to use section eight and, and pros and cons about it? Yeah. So I basically decided to use section eight because, um, you know, for the most part, the money comes in like clockwork. Yeah, um, the tenant has to pay a small fraction of the uh, of the mortgage. I mean, of the uh, the rent. Yep. So you know you got that, you know, working in your favor, and you know you hear all these things. Uh, uh, Section eight, they're going to destroy your property. They're not going to take care of it. But now there's there's a lot of incentives for that Section eight family to take care of the property and not to get kicked off the program. That's right. So if you're, so if you're getting subsidized housing where you only have to pay two hundred dollars a month. And all you have to do is just follow the guidelines. 
a lot of people aren't going to do too much to kind of mess that up. Yeah. So like for instance, if they're going to destroy your property, there's a, there's a chance where you can call in for emergency inspection and say, Hey, listen, the tenant is damaging the property. They, you know, get kicked off the program. Now they have to go out into the market and rent something very similar for say $1,200, $1,500. But if they don't have the, yeah, they don't have the means to do so. Yeah. They might be find themselves in a, in a homeless shelter and that gets real for a lot of people. Yeah. So that's a big incentive. At least I feel like a big incentive for them to take good enough care of the property. And a lot of times, you know, if you make the property nice, something that might be a little different, like I'm even putting a granite countertops and section eight and a white shaker cabinets Are you? gray on the, on the walls, just because I can do it at cost for, for such a low number. Yeah. That why, why not give that to them? So that way, when they have 100 properties to look at and they see the real estate gray with the recessed lights and the granite, they're going to want to rent my properties. Yeah. And they're yeah. going to want to stay in these properties for a long period of time, which I'm fine with. And uh, I just keep the, keep the money just, just coming in that way and just almost like set it and forget it. I love it, man. But, I love but, yeah. it. But you're, yeah, I, you're, mm-hmm. you're like changing my mindset right now. I'm like, I need to go get my, my contractor's <laughs> license. I need to start yeah. building up this team a little bit stronger. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it gets to the point where, you know, you got to do it, if you, especially if you don't feel like paying the, 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 the 20 to 40% markups that contractors are, are doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm doing the work very low. You know, I got day laborers that, you know, are getting the job done and we move fast and, uh, you know, at a slow and steady pace. Yeah. And there's nothing that you know we can't manage. Like right now, we got the the two to three projects going on, and and stuff is moving along pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. I have a triplex right now that um, is sixty five thousand dollars worth of remodel going on, and it's pretty much mostly just in the front unit, okay, uh, which is like the two units. So yeah. So I'm like, you know, how much I could save when it comes down to, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't yeah. even want to think about it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, you got to play the game. And you, once you start to learn the costs, like, you know, even for the electrical, I got electrical 14 grand in the hard money budget, but I'm actually getting it done for six grand. Yeah. So, you know, just on the electrical, you know, you're walking away with almost eight grand just pocket. for, just for that. Yeah. Just for that electrical aspect of, of the whole job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sheetrock 12 grand in a budget, I'm getting it done for eight grand. So, yeah. You know, there's some pretty, pretty big numbers and, you know, I had to leave my job recently just because uh, it didn't make sense for me to be clocking in and answering anybody when we're talking about those type of numbers. In addition to all those units, you know, bringing the cash that are cash flowing, um, you know, on a monthly basis, it just, it was just hard to, to really answer to anybody. Yeah. So you just left uh, the bank job? Uh, no. So I was in banking for... Um, five years and I was in uh, another finance role uh, for another two years. And then I was okay. in sales for a uh, St. Cobain certainty. So I used to sell acoustical ceiling tiles um, uh, to different contractors, talk to different yeah. architects and, you know, in that whole construction world. I love it. You're a hustler, man. I like that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. So, so for you, you know, dealing with the, I really love how um, you really take care of the, the property and, you upgrade all these upgrades, granite for, you know, section eight. I, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's something definitely different and making yourself stand out in, in right. that atmosphere to, to get so many more prospecting, you know, good tenants that yep. are going to want to like really, really stay with you for a long term. Exactly. That's the key. Yeah. Stainless steel, every, everything. Yeah, man. 
Yeah. Wow, man. That's crazy. I love it. Yep. Cool. So, um, so what is, what is the future hold for you right now? Like what kind of goals do you have set forth to, to really take this empire to the next level? Yeah. So right now, you know, the, the next stop is going to be a hundred units. So I'm at 32 and I'm, I'm ramping up. I got a couple uh, in the pipeline, you know, okay. it's under agreement. Got another triplex supposed to be picking up uh, the month of June. And uh, you know, a couple of days after that, a little single, um, but really just, uh, just scaling up and just seeing how far I can go up. I, I mean, the main goal is just to plot, just to supply as many people with quality homes to live in. That's right. And, and you know, just for the families and, you know, and really just be a, um, some inspiration and motivation to a lot of people that, you know, maybe be stuck in whatever position they're in and to know that there's a way out, especially through real estate and yeah. just, uh, you know, just, just kind of just show people every, you know, a little bit every day of what I'm doing and that, you know, they can do it too if they put their mind to it. But, yeah, uh, build, building that interest up. I like yeah, that. Exactly. Exactly. So do you rent out to any of your friends or family? Friends or family? No, no. I haven't gotten into uh, to that either, business. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart it's not, man. Yeah. Smart man. I, I knew yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. You know, every, you know, in real estate, you'll realize, you know, everyone's got a story and, you know, a reason why they might not be able to pay you this month. And, yeah. you know, me, quite frankly, I'm, I'm just too busy to listen to the stories. And at, at the end of the day, every excuse is the same. Yeah. So it's like either have my money or you don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Who's got my money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So how are you getting these leads? Like, how, how are you finding these projects? Um, so I'm on, I'm on social media. Um, so people kind of see that, hey, this guy, Doug, you know, he's working on, on properties pretty consistently. So yeah. if they have a deal, a lot of times people are reaching out to me. Um, are these like wholesalers or? Yeah, yeah wholesalers uh, typically. Uh, you know, I'm still on the MLS. I picked up my uh, apartment building off the MLS. Okay. Um, where else? Sometimes people just call me up. Like, for instance, uh, just two days ago, my, my old electrician I don't even use anymore called me up and he said, hey, Doug, I got a, a lady. She's looking to sell a house. It's basically in moving condition. She wants 75, but I think she'll take less. So I said, all right, let me go check it out. And I was in the middle of um, buying some primer because I just got this one house, uh, this drywall. So I had to, you know, put primer. And um, I was actually going to go back to the house and use my new spray gun. Um, but uh, I said, all right, I'll stop whatever I'm doing and I'll meet you at the house in 20 minutes. So I shot over there in 20 minutes, nice lady. And, uh, you know, walked through the house and, you know, it has a finished basement. It's uh, basically rent ready already. Yeah. I probably got to come go in and put like two grand worth of work into it. So I, so I just sat down and I said, you know, how much, you know, how much do you own the property? She said, you know, she bought the house, so it's free and clear, but she took out another uh, mortgage to kind of fix things up. So, so I said, you know, how much are you looking to walk away with? She said about 30 grand, you know, 25, 30 grand. I said, okay. So, you know, I did a little research right there on my phone was just on like Redfin, just looking at, you know, roughly what values are. Cause I never bought a house in that particular area of Philly. So long story short, um, I said, you know, how about 55 grand? So she said, sure. No problem. But, uh, the values in, in that area are going for about 130 you know, 140, you know, in that condition. So basically I lock it up for 55. I'll put my two grand, maybe five grand. You know, if I do a little drywall, yeah. but, um, but yeah, it's already got new plumbing bathrooms, you know, pecs, all that good stuff. So basically I'll go ahead, rent it out, be a quick turnaround, rent it out, 
go right to the bank, do the cash out refi. So let's just say if the value conservatively comes in at 100, um, they'll cash me out at 80 grand. And I still have what, what's that like, uh, like 20 grand or so, um, you know, that I'll be pulling out from the house. So my note taxes, insurance would say 600, rent the property out for 1300. And, and, and just like that, just made a couple dollars and I love it. Project. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, you're focusing on, um, referrals because, you know, real estate is a relationship built business, right? but, um, you know, referrals, wholesalers and MLS. Yeah. And I also go to on uh, Craigslist. So I'm, I'm big for just searching Craigslist basically every day, just kind of just scavenging through the deals. But uh, you do have to watch out for it. There's a lot of scams going on on, on Craigslist and, and yeah. with deeds and and so forth. So always get title insurance. That's that's yeah. key. Never buy a property without title insurance. Yeah, and if they claim that they're doing some missionary work and they're over in you know uh, Philippines <laughs> yeah. or Africa and they can't right. actually they can't meet you in person, understand that it might be too good to be true. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Exactly. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay, cool. So what do you think so far, just like wrapping this up, what do you think so far has been like your biggest element to actually all of your success so far? Uh, the biggest element is just uh, perseverance and just being willing to push through the challenging times. Because there's been plenty of times where it would just been easier just to quit. Yeah. But I, but I kept the goal and the, the main goal, you know, always at the forefront. So my biggest thing was I wanted to retire at an early age, which, you know, now I accomplished. And now it's just about just, you know, growing, getting better, and just getting more units to the point where, you know, we could, uh, you know, travel a little bit more and really just live the lifestyle I, I want to live and just, you know, help help my family, help people. And just, you know, just inspire people. But, uh, but yeah, man, just, you know, more life, more everything. That's what's up. I love that. Yeah. You're a good man. That's cool. Yeah. You know, so for any, like, beginners out there that are really interested in, in jumping into real estate, what would you recommend to them to, to do to actually, you know, move forward? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, you know, you got to take the first step. But you got to educate yourself. Um, but not just educate yourself and just real estate alone. You really got to educate yourself on mindset. Cause I feel like a lot of this is, is mindset driven. I would yeah. say even almost like, you know, 70% is, is mindset driven. So you, you have to, you have to develop the mindset of how rich people think, you know, basically, you know, I've read a lot of good books, you know, millionaire next door, the science of getting rich, um, how rich people think. Um, what? Well, yeah. The four, you know, um, I forgot the other one, but yeah, the 50th law. Uh, but it, it's just, you know, really getting that mindset and getting trained that no matter what happens, it's always going to, you know, it's always going to work out in your favor. So, yeah. so when it comes to getting in real estate, you're not going to know everything getting into it, which is, which is perfectly fine, but you have to have the confidence in yourself to, to know that no matter what happens, you're going to be able to find a solution. You know, you're smart enough. If you got this far in life that you're smart enough to find that solution, and that's kind of how I, how I uh, move forward. You know, there's certain times where, you know, buying a whole building that was a complete shell that was outside of my comfort zone. But I know I knew that no matter what happens, it's all going to work out fine. It's all going to be, you know, fine and dandy and, and we're going to keep it moving. 
Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, you know a lot of learning on the fly, and you just can't be afraid to make mistakes. People make mistakes all the time. You know, I lose money from time to time on, on certain situations, but at the end of the day, it's part of the game, and it's not really a loss; it's a lesson. And right. um, you just got to keep growing and just keep just keep pushing. And you know, if if a minor setback is going to hold you back, then then maybe it's not meant for you to pursue that real estate career. If you know, if the if little things upset you. You know, dealing with tenants is always going to be, you know, can be trying at times, but you just got to keep pushing and keep the big goal in front of you. Yeah, I love it. You know, yeah. a setback is really just the opportunity. It's the beginning step of your comeback. Right. So, there you go. Yep. You know, when I love you just nailed it with, uh, you know, you really just need to adjust. Problems are definitely going to come up just like yeah. anything in life, you know, yeah. especially in business and in real estate. But um you know, just be prepared and adjust yep. with it. Learn as you go. Mm -hmm. And uh, real estate is so amazing because there's so many different opportunities to, you know, just get creative and, and come up with different solutions and make, you know, I always have A, B, C, D, you know, different opportunities and different strategies of if this doesn't work out, then I can do this. If this yeah. doesn't work out, I can do this. Yeah, there's always a way out. Yeah, yep. there's always yep. a way. So definitely yeah. want to. But overall, else of everything, it's like if with all the information in the world out there, if you're not if you're not actually implementing it and you're not taking action, then it's right. gonna be useless. So yeah. selfish plug, action driven. <laughs> all right, guys, this is giving you everything you need in this book to be action driven, and you got to take action in life. You know, um, there, there's there's so many things that are gonna hold us back, but but don't let yourself be, be one of those things. So uh, definitely keep pushing and, and take action on any of these, um, any of these podcasts, any, any YouTube, there's so much information out there. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot more excuses out there though too right now. And we need to cut that off. So yep. Yep. Douglas, bro, I appreciate you so much, man. Um, how could, how could we serve you and give back to you? Uh, uh, that's a great question. That's a great question. I mean, uh, you guys can always, you know, reach out to me and just uh, if you guys come across any good resources, any good books, any good lenders, um, what have you, you know, shoot them my way. Cool. But uh, yeah. Okay. So how can people uh, reach out to you? Uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, Doug Dept, um, at Doug Dept. And I'm on Facebook, you know, Douglas Dept. And, uh, you know, or my email address is, uh, you know, ddept at gmail.com. But, uh, yeah, I'm around. I'm in Philadelphia. If you guys ever want to, you know, give me a call, talk about real estate, you know, I have no problem yeah. chatting with you for a couple of minutes. Yeah, so I'm from South Jersey, so I got a, a bunch of followers on here from Jersey, so you might actually get blown up about this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no problem. No problem. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, I appreciate it, man. I, I really do. It, it's really awesome to hear your story and, um, and realize, you know, you and I are doing a lot of similar things and yep. you're really doing it, man. I definitely highly commend you. You're, you're crushing it. Thanks, man. You too. You too. Yeah. I'm excited to see, you know, the future and what it holds for you, brother. Cool. You and I both. Yep. All right, man. Cool. Well, till next time, guys, you guys have been listening to another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Elliott. You can reach me at uh, brandonelliottinvestments.com or you can shoot me an email, brandonelliottinvestments at gmail.com. Uh, till next time, guys, it's been another great episode. Douglas, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you, brother.
You got it. Thank you, Brandon. Yo, take it easy. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.